This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the besotted Pride of West London Christmas podcast. An absolutely festive season is here upon us and we're feeling mightily jolly because we took three points from Cardiff at the weekend. My name's Billy Grant and I'm here in the studio with Mr Dave Lane. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm alright mate, yeah. I'm uh, a little bit festive, got a glass of red wine with me. might have a mince pie in a little bit. Um, looking forward to Christmas, looking forward to Boxing Day, looking forward to the Ipswich match. Um, still buzzing from Cardiff. That was a brilliant, brilliant uh, win. A bit of a nail-biter at the end. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, um, yeah, hopefully it's going to be a good Christmas for everyone. And I've also got Mr Matt Allard. Good evening, sir. How you doing? Yeah, very well, very well. I'm, I'm in relaxed mode. It's all done. Shopping's done. Everything's done. Ready to mince just pies. chill. Mince pies, eight have been Turkey eaten. Turkey in the fridge. Turkey in the fridge. Um, everything sorted. Um, looking forward to Boxing Day. Almost as much as Christmas Day. That's good. And we're going to be joined a bit later by Blair Ferguson from TWTD, which is the Ipswich blog, who's going to be talking to us about Ipswich. Ipswich and more bits about Ipswich. But first of all, let's go back to the weekend and let's... Just check out what happened at Cardiff, because we beat them 3-2. Brilliant game. First half, we absolutely battered them. Second half, don't know what happened. But the fans afterwards gave us their views, the Cardiff fans and the Brentford fans. Check out what they had to say. We did. We could have got a draw in the end, I think. But uh, you did uh, dominate the first part of the game, and it really um, pressed on the back for the crowd against us, obviously. We got the thing with the red and blue thing. Obviously, we're all aware, all you football fans of other clubs. We know all about you it. You know, so it's like you wearing yeah, your rivals' yeah, kits, colours, and whatever. Like we played away last week, we were all white. Swansea are our rivals. That's a no-no. But it's owner of it's not listening to the fans, and he's going to lose a lot of the fans next year. And it's a shame because we're a great club, but we gave you a good go and a good game. And um, you know, it's just I think you're in the potential of being in the top sort of six all year with the level of. Um, 
well in investment and the squad we got. I mean, I don't know if it's the management or the whole apathy with the thing with the club and the colour, but we should be doing a lot more with the type of squad we got. Uh, what I'd like to say is, um, with our blue and our red dispute, you come out and supported us, and thanks very much for that. It was much appreciated by the players. It was truly a game of two halves today. <laughs> one amazing half and one absolutely rubbish half. Clearly, the second half showed us that uh, if teams start going at us, really trying to batter us, we missed Douglas in the second half. There was no doubt that we were second best. I worry that we ran out of a bit of steam. Did we put too much into the first half? It's a bit of a worry, given we've got a game in, what, five days' time, uh, six days' time, and then we've got the uh, one immediately after on the 28th at Wolves. But hey, you know, I've seen our team winning Cardiff, my team winning Cardiff for the first time ever, so I'm very happy. Who, who was looking the business for you today for Brentford, in that first half in particular? It's too morning again, which is just like, I was one, I was one of the ones then, he was ready to move on, do his own, do whatever he needs to do and go, go for it, but I completely take that back, I couldn't take that back more. Uh, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's gotten better and better, like, I don't even know where or how or why, but no, he's, he's one of our better players now and uh, I hope that continues. I'm a Cardiff City season ticket holder, very proud of it, and we played like Brentford definitely deserved to win. I got to half-time and I just thought, if I don't leave now, I'm going to be watching a 10-0 game. And so, what, so what did you do? I went home. Actually, no, I didn't go home, because I'm now in the pub. And to be quite honest, I was having much more fun in the pub than I was in the ground. And I, it pains me to say that, because uh, I'm kind of born and bred, but Brentford were the better team today. Is it Russell Slade? Is it the team? Do they not care? Are they earning too much money? What is it? I think you've just hit it on the head, actually. I think, unfortunately, um, and as a very, very big novice, I'm not quite sure where Vincent Tan is coming from. Oh, Mr. Tan. But as a businessman, I think you should be a lot more frugal and make a better business out of Cardiff City Football Club. Um, he's had some poor choices of managers, but I, I think Russell Slade's out of his depth. And, oh. and he has actually inherited a team that Solskjaer just was buying willy-nilly. Russell, Russell Slade has to prove his worth in January. And if he doesn't prove his worth in January... You're going to sack him again? He will... He should... He'll, he'll, just, he'll be out. Just sack anybody. Just get in managers in and just sack them all. Unfortunately, I think that's the way Tan works. We deserve to be where we are. We've built a club up lovely, brought the right players in we're playing the right way, got the right philosophy, things are good at the club if it's a bubble it's not going to burst spectacular it might not be over as late as it is now but no, it's not a fluke at all the word of the day is unbelievable it keeps on coming, it's the word of the last few months to be honest with you what it means for Brentford just believe in yourself play football the right way work hard see what happens really and it's just for us after the last few years well last few years quite a lot of years just enjoy it fans were buzzing after that game 
interesting to hear what the Cardiff fans had to say as well. They they were they were back in the bees fans back in them with their uh, their blue campaign as well, blue red campaign. Um, the Brentford fans got behind the, the the Cardiff fans very well behind that, and they gave us a lot of respect. But listen, boys, that was a great match. It was a bit of a nail biter in the end, actually, wasn't it? Really was a nail biter. Yeah, um, I'm not sure we'd have survived another ten minutes. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think we ought to dwell too much on the game of two halves. I think you go to places like that, and you know you've got to expect to be under the cosh for for periods. Um, but you know you just got to question what a slave was doing by not not starting with Kenwin Jones. And when when he came on, um, they looked they looked a different outfit. That's probably one of the few hints that they were in the Premiership last season. You know to have a, a player who's that awkward and that that sort of that sort of powerful to defend against, you know, Harley and, and, and Tony Craig they really did have their work cut out. And although his goal, you know, did come from a, a, a clearance that, you know, kept coming back and he, he did take it well. And, you know, it's just, it's players like that have just got a presence and, uh, you know, to not, to not start with him, it's just ridiculous. It's the second game running. It's a big compliment to Brentford, I think, where you, you weaken your team um, to, to kind of try and nullify our midfield. You know, Jordan Rhodes didn't play in a game where he knew that there was, you know, there was a bit of history and he, he might want to step his game up. And, uh, you know, as I say, Kenwin was a, was a, was a, was a bit of a fluff by Slade. But um, some of the play again from Brentford was on a different level. Um, Jota's goal was just stunning. Um, and I, just just to see Brentford fans walking around purring at half time, you know, it was just it was just a, a special afternoon. But um, you know, again, can't can't really dwell too much on the second half. And you know, I think that's part of supporting Brentford at the moment. We will we will look vulnerable, but we will attack, attack, attack. And uh, you know, what a game! Just what a game! I mean, Pritchard he got the besotted man of the match. Um, and he, I mean, I know Jota scored a great goal, but to be honest with you, we scored actually three very good goals in that game. And uh, the way they were taken, you know, we hit them on the counter pretty much, and we just, you know, we smashed them in that first half. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah, the first half performance was was really, really impressive. Um, I, like Dave says, you don't want to dwell too much on the second half. I mean, Kenwin Jones may be Premier quality. The, the football they played wasn't though. They just, I mean, they basically went back to. Don't even know if it was League One. It was League Two. It was just lumping it. Um, we we got a bit, you know, the back four maybe just got a bit detached from each other. They were a little bit all over the place. But I just think it was, as you say, it was a you know a half decent striker that probably should have started the game. Um, I think Warbs got away with resting Douglas at half time. I know he had a niggle. Whether he'd have taken him off, it was three one. Say it'd been three one, they'd scored just before half time. I don't know if he'd have done the same thing. But yeah, we got away with it. Another three points. Game on. Still, someone in front of me moaning about Pritchard all the way through the game. Get rid of it, get rid of it, release it, release it. You know, he scored a goal and set two up. And he, you know, he's a kid. He's still he's still learning the game. And uh, you know, God, you know, if you're moaning about that, what's what's the matter with that? I, when I hear moaning like that, I think these are people that must only have started watching Brentford in the last season because if you've been watching them for as long as we have, um, there's nothing to moan about. Or they're just miserable bastards. Oh, that, that's true, yeah, yeah, that is true. Russell Slade, interestingly, after the match, he apologised to the Cardiff fans for the defeat. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think he, I, I don't think he, I think he only apologised for the first half. 
But I mean, I'm not being funny, but yeah, which is fair enough. But I mean, they lost the game at the end of the day. So, okay, yes, they improved in the second half, but you know, you've got to apologise because if they didn't play like that in the first half and they played better, then they would have been better overall. So you just got to apologise, full stop, don't you? I'd say he ought to have driven to take responsibility for the team he picked. I mean, we were we he's the one that decided to 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 try and snub us out in the middle and failed absolutely catastrophically to do that. You know, he he picked the team, he set the tactics. The players obviously didn't agree with it. He's the one that's telling his blooming defender to launch 50, 60 yard throw-ins at. I, I thought I thought they'd been banned. I, I, I don't think I didn't think you were allowed to do that anymore. Um, you know, some some of his long ball tactics were oh, were just medieval. Um, if you compare the way they played to the, to the way we played, you would think that you know we were the Premiership team last year, um, um, and hopefully we're the Premiership team next year because there's there's one team there that looked like it was going places, and the, and that and the other team looked like it had been places. Um, oh, t- Slade's not the man for that job. I said it last week, and and I, I think the Cardiff City fans in that package. That's what that's that's what they that's what they're alluding to as well. You know. Well, it's interesting you say that as well because I mean, obviously, what's happened is that we were three 0 up, and then Cardiff come back to three two, and they think that maybe we should have got a point out of that. Um, they've also highlighted the fact that you know the ball hit one of our players' hands in the area, and they're all going, "Is it a handball? Was it a handball? Should it, you know, should we have got a penalty? You know, maybe we should have got something out of this game." But interestingly, some of the Cardiff fans have just come back and said, "Look, you know, be quiet. Yeah, was it a handball? Doesn't really matter. Brentford battered us. That's what's more to the point that they they were miles ahead of us. And what's quite interesting is that the fans." are more to the point and they can kind of see it, whereas some of the journalists, and I saw Jim Levac wrote an article the other day about the, the hack race. Some of the journalists, still they're still not tipping their hat though, are they? I mean, even after that game, there's a bit of a, oh, player by player, you know, Cardiff are better than Brentford, but it's kind of like, come on, guys. I, I, it's, that's an interesting point. I listen to the, um, it's always good to listen to local radio, isn't it, after one of those games and listen to the phone-in. And um, the only person that defended Cardiff was a journalist who wasn't at the game. Who said, well, it was three-two, so it must have been close. So they must have done, you know, must have done relatively well. Everybody else that went to the game, including, you know, um, various supporters that rang in, said it was absolutely terrible. Let's see what else is happening in and around Brentford. Um, Lionel Road, there's been a deal signed. Matt, is that not the case? Yep, from what I read today, um, it looks like the developers. Um, whose name I do, I think I know, but I won't say in case I get it wrong. Will Dixon, um, is it? Wilmot Dixon, yeah, that's it. Um, looks like the deal signed that they will be building the new stadium. They'll also be building the um, the um, the homes that will go on the um, you know where Griffin Park is. So they're doing both ends of the deal. So does that mean that Fulham fans could actually come down and see this? The, 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 you're building flats on Griffin Park. I think it's, it's three and four story bedroom houses, from what I read, um, and there's going to be a nice garden, you know, in memory of Griffin Park. Are they t- are they townhouses with a mezzanine floor? <laughs> I, I've yet to see the plans. <laughs> so listen, yeah, right. So the deal's been signed. So Lionel Road's going to be happening in. We're not quite sure. Well, we do know when it's going to be happening, but we can't really say at the moment. And then uh, Gary Wilmot's building the houses. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, so Gary Wilmot has built the house in Lionel Road, and he's going to move it to Griffin Park when he's finished living in it. 
coming for a bit of a serious matter here as well. Um, we heard the news only yesterday that um, Clark Carlisle um, was injured. I think a car, he got hit by a car in Leeds, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and he's in intensive care. He's not life-threatening at the moment, but he's still in a bad way. So uh, just like to say that good bloke Clark, Clark Carlisle played a lot of good football and also talks a really good stuff, talks up for the Kick It Out campaign, talks about how much grief that he used to get at football and uh, lovely bloke Clark Carlisle, and we really send out all our wishes to him from us at Besotted, and I'm sure everyone at Brentford as well sends out our wishes to him and hopes he recovers and his family as well. We send out our wishes to them too. Yeah, I second that, um, especially this time of year. It's a uh, you know, difficult time of year to hear that sort of news, but um, let's um, hope everything works out fine. I'm sure it will. Yeah, so, so it's, a real, it's a real shocker. You know, you just don't, obviously don't expect things like that to happen to anyone. And um, you know, talking about him having a, such a brilliant future in the game, he's so well respected. Um, I just hopefully he can, uh, you know, I don't know a lot about the injury. I hope it's not as bad as it sounds it could be. And I hope he makes a full recovery and he can, um, he can uh, carry on champion, championing the good causes that I know he's uh, he, he very close to his heart. We've had the news that yet another manager has gone in the championship. So, Sammy Hippier, um, not a great surprise, really, is it? Um, hasn't had a great record for Brighton. Uh, I know a lot of Brentford fans were keeping their fingers crossed that he'll at least hang on there until after the FA Cup game because we want to get to the fourth round, please. But uh, it wasn't to happen. And uh, a couple of days ago, or yesterday, I think it was, Sammy Hippier handed in his resignation, which I don't know if that means just resign and we'll give you a load of money. And uh, he's not at Brighton anymore. So they're already throwing a number of names around. I think that... Um, I don't know, who's the favourite? Who's the favourite down at Brighton at the moment now? Yeah, they wanted Sherwood in the summer, didn't they? So I'm guessing they him again. All right, OK, so Sherwood. Sherwood's looking... Favourite for that. Um, I haven't seen Uwe Rosler put into the pot there at the moment now. Um, but yeah, there's a few. There's a few other names of the hat. But I mean, the sack race, Matt. I mean, this is something which you know you're thinking is a little bit ridiculous, as in the fact that people are, don't seem to be given the chance um, to do what they're meant to do. The championship this season seems to be the one where there's the most the most merry-go-rounding going on. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's is at least half a dozen clubs that have already changed their managers in this division. And I, looking at that league table now after after Hippie has gone at Brighton, um, look at the bottom three. They've all changed their manager, Blackpool, Wigan, Brighton. You look above that, there's a couple of teams there. Millwall, you, uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking Holloway's, he, he must be, he must be sort of looking over his shoulder because you know he, he they, they're a battling team and we've seen that they you know they they, they don't sort of take defeat lying down Millwall, um, but this he's being pulled down into that towards that relegation zone, um, and and Rotherham you know Rotherham have, have come up with us um, you know Steve Evans has got to be he's got he's on thin ice and being on thin ice when you're that fat's not good is it? I mean Leeds. I mean, let's have a look at these teams. I mean, like Leeds. I mean, what's what's been going on at Leeds? I mean, it's all it's all over the place, isn't it? You need to have a, we need a Leeds correspondent to keep up with that one. It's um, Leeds fans probably they they can't work out what's coming or going. It's this this you know is Ned and the chairman's not fit to manage, and is he the chairman, and who's making the decisions? It's 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 just screwed. The, the, the you know, 
And but, you look at their league position, they're 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 only about they're what they're five point five points out of the relegation zone, but you know, they they could be drawn into it if it's stability is what they need and there's certainly none of that there. Looking at the league table now, I reckon that thirteen clubs out of twenty four in our division have changed manager or have in Norwich's case got a manager who's almost cuckolded because he's got someone watching over him. So it's 13 managerial changes out of, and we're not even, we're not even at halfway point. Has there ever been a season or a division like this? And that just shows you, I think the pressure of being, you know, having to be pushing for a premiership place and the dread of going to League One, and we know that it can suck you down there, and it's almost like quicksand. It's not easy to get out of. So um, I think this division is is it's just demonstrating it is probably the most keenly competitive, keenly competed division probably in the world. And um, and then you say that two of the clubs have had more than one managerial change. There might have been 17, 18 managerial changes in this league. Um, and suddenly, you know, Warburton has been in charge for a year and he's probably the 10th manager with them, you know, been in charge the longest. It also goes to show you, I mean, this whole financial thing because people look at the, that pot of gold, which is the Premier League, and they think we need to do that. So, you know, clubs will go out to do anything to get there, which means that they're going to, they'll break the rules, you know, if they're able to. You know, obviously we've had sort of clubs recently, like, you know, Forest in Blackburn, financially have been breaking the rules to get there. And then all of a sudden, if, it, if they don't get there, that's when they get screwed though, isn't it? Because they've, they've, they've tried, they've, 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 they've gone for black on the roulette table and it's coming red and then they're screwed. And before you know it, you're in a, port, in a Pompey type situation. I think some of these other managers must be looking at Warburton and Eddie Howe thinking, you complete bastards. You know, we've been <clears throat> we've been stringing our chairman along saying you have to spend your way out. You need you need to buy experience in. You need this X Y Z, um, and they're proving that you don't. And it's, it's a few of them must be thinking, oh God, I, you know, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to prove I'm a I'm a sort of charismatic and inspirational coach. Um, because uh, you know they're they're obviously they don't cut the mustard. You know these guys are showing you know the way it can be done. And chairman are going to be thinking, God, we, there is a way of doing this without spending ridiculous amounts of money. Well, they've up the game with everyone else. Which is that as well. And also, it's the uh, it's the scouting system. It's like how you find players, how you develop players, what you do with them. I mean, uh, you know, talking about a situation close to home, obviously. You know, Uwe went to, 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 to Wigan. It didn't quite work out for him. Again, we say he's a great guy, Uwe, but I think that the chairman, Whelan, obviously paid him a lot of money and thought, yes, I'm going to get exactly what Brentford got in that division, and it didn't quite work out for him. And it just goes to show you situations need to, you know, you need to have the right type of person doing the right things within your organisation. It, it may not necessarily be about just one person. It might be about the whole team that goes around it. And it's about having companies, because that's what we are, companies being able to organise their, you know, their, their, their organisations, organise their teams, knowing the man they're putting at the helm and the, the people they're putting around them and can trust them to do the job. And, you know, obviously some of these guys and some of these teams, you know, they're, they're scouting and going out and finding new, finding new players isn't good enough. 
And that's the reason why they had to go out and spend six, seven, eight, ten million to go and buy the player. I mean, the thing is that people said to us initially, and it makes me laugh, Brentford, you ain't got no chance because you haven't got a big name player. You know, they even said to Wolves, yeah, Wolves, they're going to do all right because they've got lots of money and they've got a couple of big names. But Brentford, you've got no chance. And it's that mentality which is a downfall for a lot of sides in this division. And a testament to, you know, our management team, who just said, listen, we don't care. They can say what they want. We're just going to do what we want. We do it our way. Yeah, well, we, we can't outspend them, but, you know, we can outthink them. Um, you know, when when Whelan took Rosler to, to Wigan, he, he took a talented manager up there, but he left the brains back at Brentford, didn't he? So, um, it was, he, he didn't he didn't see it was, it was a package. It, it, it wasn't a one-man operation. And, uh, you know, we've spoken before. Warburton has, has been behind the scenes, masterminding this, and um, you know, and that's that's the fact. It, it's just, um, I mean, it's the as we 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 I think we probably say ethos every week, but there is an ethos in there at Brentford and all these other clubs. They go out buy players and they try and fit them into the team. Whereas here, there is a system. There's a way we play. And we find players that suit that. So, I mean, this ain't going away, this sack race thing, unless you know you've got certain clubs with a mentality. You know, I think that, you know, we've got a particular mentality and we like to stick with players, stick with systems, stick with our people. Um, I think Bournemouth are obviously very happy with what they've got, but someone's going to be the next to go. Who do you reckon is the next on the sack race in the Championship? I've got a feel. I think maybe Holloway. I, I'm just not sure whether I'm going to get rid of him after what he's, you know, what he's done for them. So yeah, maybe Holloway. I, I think Holloway's looking ever, ever so slightly vulnerable there. I, I don't know what their fixtures are over Christmas. If they have a good, if they have a good Christmas, then you know he, he can easily pull away and get up, get get well up to the mid table and above. Um, Sheffield Wednesday. You know they're middling. Their their form's not great. And as I said, you know I had a little pop at Steve Evans's weight, but um, you know Rotherham again. They've got a lot to lose if they go back down. Um, so maybe maybe that maybe they'll be looking to you know have, have some new blood there and a few new ideas if if they're not a little bit further away from that drop zone by the by the middle of Jan. I mean, for me, I think that you've got to look at you know to have a slightly unstable um, um, owner of the club as well, because that's when you sort of get things that are totally unpredictable. And I think that <laughs> Vincent Tan, the, the fact that he might have pulled in Russell Slade sort of kind of only sort of two months ago, I don't think that really matters to him. And uh, uh, he's got grief over the red-blue thing. He's got grief over Slade. He's just getting grief in all sorts of quarters. And I just think that he will, he might just pull the plug you know, if things don't go right for them within the next three or four weeks. So you think he'll, he'll go for a scapegoat and, and and try and take some of the pressure off himself by getting rid of the manager? Well, I just think he just go. I can't, I can't be bothered with this. I, I, I need to win. Because the thing is, he's going to he's going to want to get back into the prem, right? That's what he wants. He he thought they'll do it in a season straight away, and he ain't got no time to mess about. So he is going to go for it. And I think within if it's within three or four weeks and it's not happening for him, he'll just he'll just change it again. I, Slade could be able if they lose the next two and then get knocked out of the FA Cup that's four on the four league losses on the spin and out of the FA Cup so yeah 
I mean, it's completely ridiculous because you know you've got to, you've got to get your man in, you've got to stick with them, and you, if you you know you you hire them for a reason, you know, and if they don't, as you said, that means that you're rubbish because you haven't spotted the def- deficiencies in them because they don't become a from a good person, a brilliant person to a rubbish person within a matter of six or eight weeks. It's just kind of like you obviously haven't done due diligence or whatever they say to actually kind of suss out what these people are like. Well, Cardiff for away at Charlton on Boxing Day, which is not going to be an easy trip for them. Then they're at home to Watford, who who could do what we did um, and what Bournemouth did to them. They're, they're another another sort of football playing team, um, and Watford, I reckon, might be might be favourites to to win that game. So yeah, but you know, pressure pressure by the bucket load. So, big game coming up on Boxing Day. And we're going to have a little chat to my man, Blair Ferguson from TWTD. Those were the days, which is the blog, the Ipswich blog. Excellent blog it is. We're going to see what he has to say about Ipswich and what's going to go down this weekend. So, yes, big game on Boxing Day Friday. And on the end of the line here, I've got Mr. Blair Ferguson from TWTD, otherwise known as Those Were The Days blog. The Ipswich blog, very, very good blog as well. Uh, he's also a journo for the Football League paper and also the Telegraph and done loads of bits and pieces as well. And uh, Blair, how are you doing? Hello. Hello. Not bad, thank you. How are you? I'm not bad, mate. You're uh, grinning from uh, one end of your face to the other at the moment, aren't you? It's quite hard not to, isn't it? Being second, going into Christmas Day. That's right, that's right. Unbeaten since the 21st of October where you, uh, Cardiff, who actually beat you then, who are ironically the team who we played on Saturday. And uh, we wiped the floor with them in the first half. And in the second half, I don't know, we just didn't turn up. To be honest with you, we were quite lucky to hang on for the, the three points. But for you guys, it's been a decent season for you, hasn't it? I mean, just talk us through it a bit. Well, there's one of these. I've got last season, that going into the start of the season, you kind of think, having done so well last season, that maybe we almost overachieved with the squad we had. And then Nick McCarthy got in a little free transfers. And you think, well... Hopefully we can almost consolidate and then move to build, but it's been amazing. Just, as you say, I haven't lost since October. I think the last home game we've lost, I could be wrong, was against Norwich in August. And we've just ploughed on from there and just grinding out results. And then we played really well on Saturday against Middlesbrough. It's probably one of the best games we've had. And it's all credits. I mean, you, I mean, you talked about Mick McCarthy. I mean, he's been in, I think it's two years. I think he came in 2012. And when he came in, you were... I mean, to say you were struggling was an understatement. I think I remember us looking and we were thinking, God, we're going to play Ipswich next season. And I think you survived by the skin of your teeth, didn't you, that season? And uh, from there on, you sort of consolidated and you've just you know, been on the up since. Yeah, I think when I first came in, we were near the bottom. It was pretty touch and go, but he made a difference straight away and then kept on improving vastly with what he's got. And now we find ourselves where we are, I suppose. And, and the squad, I mean, he's pulled together. I mean, the word goes around saying that your squad costs all of £10,000, with Tyrone Mings being the most expensive signing and the rest have been loans and free signings. Um, I mean, and this is something that we get a lot as well. Do, we, do people go around keep telling you, because you're up there you've got, and you haven't got any big-name signings, you're punching above your weight? Do you get all that kind of nonsense that people are you know, giving you all the time? Yeah, you do get it, don't you? But then I suppose it's one of these things that you see, look at teams like Brighton who've done really well and they've got bigger name players, I wouldn't say big name players, but bigger name players, such as I've heard of. 
and like they're, they're in a state. So I think it's more about if you can get a good collective team together rather than some names together, then obviously it works out better. I mean, get a good team together. I mean, also, this will be down to the manager because Mick McCarthy, he's come in, he's obviously had to look at certain players thinking, you know, I think you can do a job and he's actually kind of made them do the job that he wants to do. So, obviously, it's got to be down to the manager as well. I mean, if somebody else came in and tried to do the same thing with those same players, you may not get the same result, would you? Well, no, and I think if you look at it, quite a few of them that he's brought in, he's worked with in the past, and you always hear this Nick McCarthy type of player, you know, a hard-working, industrious player who's going to keep on going and get stuck in. So that's when they grind out results sometimes, but then that's what you've got to do in the championship. It's a more physical game. But yeah, you're right. I think if someone else would come in, it might not have worked. But because he knows the players, he knows what players he's after, I think it makes it a lot easier to gel them together a lot quicker. Friday, big game, Boxing Day. The fact is, whoever wins that game is going to go top of the league, even if it's only for a couple of hours. So it's almost like a cup final come early, in a way. Are you nervous? You know... I don't know if nerves is the right way, right word for it, nervous. I mean, it's one of these things. I've been on such a good run. You always kind of think, oh, this this week might be the week. And you might probably Middlesbrough on Saturday was the one where you thought, yeah, this might be it now. They've been in quite good form. But we just seem to keep on going. So, if anything, pretty, I say confident. It's quite odd with being confident being an Ipswich fan. But I think it's almost getting there. I reckon it's probably... Yeah, I think they'll do all right. The thing is, I wasn't nervous about this game. didn't even really think about it at all. A couple of my mates are Super Switch fans, and I thought I might be able to hook up with them before the game. But as this has all you know, has come about, we've lost one in seven now. And, uh, and we look at it, we think, all of a sudden the game's sold out for us, and everyone's getting really excited. And it's not like it's our cup final, but a lot of Brentford fans are actually really getting nervous and excited about this game because for us, we've never been in this position and, you know, to be top, you know, I'm not saying we're going to get there, but to be top of the championship is definitely on another level for us. And so there's going to be a lot of nerves. And But you think your players will be nervous? I mean, I don't know. I think, I might, I think hopefully you'd like to think they're at a stage now where nerves maybe doesn't come into it just because they're so confident that they can play together. But then obviously you get the danger of overconfidence. It's like a little bit of nerves is healthy, I suppose. But yeah, it's hard. Hard to judge. I think the thing they'll be more worried about is when they do finally lose. I think it's unrealistic to think we're going to go on the rest of the season unbeaten, how they react to that. I think Mick McCarthy said the same after the game on Saturday. So that that's almost the thing. I'm almost worrying about the day I've never seen just now. But, yeah. You boys, you've got a couple of very popular XBs on your side. Stephen Hunt and Jay Tab. Do you think they're going to come back down to Criffin Park and terrorise us? Well, J-Tab had a really good game on Saturday, actually, and miraculously managed to score a header, a bullet header at that. It rules above everyone. But, yeah, I think they all seem to be in good form. I think Stephen Hunt, is, is, he's been injured, so he's kind of getting back into it, but he seems to be doing well by getting better each game. So, hopefully, from my perspective, they do come back and show what they can do. Does he still take your penalties, Steve Hunt? Does he take your penalties? No, I don't think he does. I think Darren Murphy's been on a couple that we've had. See, the reason I say that is that when he used to play for us, literally every week you used to see in the newspaper, Hunt Pen, Hunt Pen. <laughs> so that became a little bit of an in-joke between the supporters. Like, he's like, Hunt Pen. So who else should we be looking out for in the, uh, in the Ipswich side? 
They've got an 18-year-old Teddy Bishops come through the ranks and like start come through the season, and he's done really well when he's been in. He's not the biggest of guys. He's probably still got a little bit of growing to do, but technically he's very good. He's like played a few decent passes against Middlesbrough. I think it was for the first goal he played one in, which was great. It set up the moves. So I think he's definitely well worth a watch. And for Friday, give us a score prediction. How do you think the game's going to go? I think Ipswich will pro- probably edge it 2-1. I mean, our defence of late has been... Uh, that's one thing that Middlesbrough has really transformed is our defence, and they're a solid unit now. So I think if they can keep that up and keep going, then we'll do all right. If you boys guys are coming down, obviously they've had their Christmas turkey, guys and girls, and uh, the good thing about Brentford, there's about three million pubs in about sort of two square miles in Brentford, and uh, quite a few of them are opening early on Friday as well for Boxing Day. So uh, three in particular, the Globe's opening at 9.30, the Lord Nelson's opening at 10.30, I think, and the Griffin, which is the one beside, right beside the away end, is opening at 10 o'clock. So you can Google them or you can find them or go into besotted.co.uk and you find out where they are. But they're all opening early. They're very away friend friendly. You can wear your colours and you'll come down and have a good time after you've uh, munched on your turkey on Christmas Day. So, uh, yeah, but cheers. Anyway, listen, Blair. Wicked chatting to you, and uh, should be a good game on Friday. Looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and listen, mate, hopefully we'll catch up uh, in the pub before the game. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. So that was Blair from TWTD. Very confident. He says their run's going on and on and on. Can't see ending as yet, which is fair play. Boys, Ipswich, this is going to be a bit of a toughie, isn't it? Big game, very tough game. Um, he's probably got a point. Um, you know, Brentford are due a draw. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily see us losing this one, but again, they're, they're amongst the strongest teams we'll face all season. I've seen them a few times on telly. Um, they've always impressed me. They're, they're, they are unpredictable, um, not in this sequence. You know, they, they, they've got a nice little run going together, but... Um, runs are there to end as well. You know, maybe us losing up at Bolton didn't didn't hurt us that much. It may, makes you regroup and go again. You don't want to be hanging on to unbeaten runs just just for the hell of it. It's better to it's better to you know to lose one than win the next three than draw three of them just to keep an unbeaten run going. Um, you know, this this we've stormed up the league by by the amount of games we've won and the, and the, and the very few games that we've lost of late. So. Um, yeah, a draw, a draw would be a good result. But I, I seem to be saying I've said that a lot this season. I take a draw now, um, only for Brentford to make me wonder why I was so pessimistic and why I should have hung hung my neck out and, and gone for the win. So you know, it's a game. It's a game. It's a game that could go any one of three ways. You know, it really could. And you know, if Brentford play to their strengths, and you know, we we can we can and will beat beat them. But um, yeah, Mick McCarthy's not going to um, weaken his team for Brentford. He'll he'll worry about his own strengths. He'll 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 sort of be aware of you know how well we've been playing and 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 look at what it is that's made us you know achieve what we've achieved this season. But you know McCarthy's probably um, the best manager in this division um, and. Um, you know, he's he's going to be a, a a great a great battle of minds between him and Warburton before the Boxing Day games, that's for sure. Yeah, I think I think McCarthy will come, and I would 
think they're going to play their own game. It's not going to be like Blackburn and they're going to, you know, try and pack the midfield and stop us playing. I, I, I would think you'd be confident enough to come and try and win. I mean, when you watch them on telly, they, they, they can go long, but they can play it through the middle as well. We all know, you know, a couple of their players. We know Jay Tab, obviously. Um, and they got players that can play in the middle of the park. There's no, I'm sure of that. Um, so I think it's going to be a yeah, great test because literally all the teams we played recently have been on a down, whereas Ipswich are on and up. So it's going to be a you know very interesting test. But I think I'm sort of thinking draw though, but I'm sure we'll come to that later. I, I mean, second half last uh, against Cardiff, we 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 kind of went missing in action. I mean, it did coincide with the fact that Dougie Jonathan Douglas um, got taken off, and uh, they hit us with an early goal, and then we were on the racks. Um, the good news is that Dougie is back. He passed fitness test and the, you know from the car strain, so he's actually going to play on Friday, which is good news. Do you think it might have been a bit of a wake-up call as, as that for us as well as to what may happen if we drop our guard and the fact that actually may help us on Boxing Day against Ipswich? I don't think um, losing Dougie per se um, affects us massively. It's obviously better that he's there. Um, I think in the game at Millwall where he was missing, we knew that he was missing before and I think the players, the players sort of adapted to that and they knew, they knew that going into the match. I don't think Terrell, John Terrell coming in did us any favours um, at that halfway stage. I, I, it did unsettle us, it did, it did, did weaken us somewhat. Um, I, I, obviously it is brilliant news that Dougie's available. He reads the game brilliantly, um, he anticipates, he very rarely gets caught out of position. You never see him over committing and then sort of chasing back and trying to, trying to make up um, lost ground. He, 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 doesn't overexpose himself, um, and you know, without him, we are a slightly, slightly lesser Brentford. So, um, yeah, it does make you wonder if he were on a long-term injury list. We 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 haven't got another player like him. But um, yeah, I just think going, you know, the Millwall game was a demonstration that we can cope and we can win without him. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think we do need him though on Friday and. And I guess we just about got away with it in Cardiff, so it was a good move to take him off at half-time. Okay, so listen, boys, we're going to wrap this up. It's been a good chat and uh, lots of Christmas cheer. But listen, before we talk about that, I want to know what your score predictions are around the table. Mr Matt Allard. I think it's going to be a great nil-nil. I think it's always nil-nil on Boxing Day, isn't it? It probably never has been, but it always feels like it is. Boxing Day, often the results don't quite, you know... Um, aren't quite what we, you know, aren't as exciting as we expect. So I'm, I'm going to go nil-nil on this one. Laney. I, after getting, I, I, you, you've papered over the fact that I got the result right, spot on 3-2 last week. Um, I am going to go for a 2-1 Brentford victory, but I'll take a draw right now. Okay. And I'm going for the draw just because I think I'll be happy with the draw. I think we've had some fantastic results in the last few weeks. Is it seven wins out of eight or something like that? And uh, I think I'll take a draw against Ipswich so we don't lose ground and we don't gain ground. And then we can start again at Wolves a couple of days afterwards. Wolves is going to be a tough one. You know, we, we really did rub, rub, their, rub their noses in it at our place. They're going to be looking for revenge. So um, I don't think, I still think we're going to beat them up there as well. Yeah, but we'll come to that in a bit. Possibly. But anyway, 
This has been the Besotted Pride of West London podcast, our Christmas podcast. And after the game against Ipswich on Boxing Day, we're inviting all of you to come back to the pub. So this is either the Nelson, the Globe, the Griffin, the Princess Royal or the Beehive. Any of those pubs, go back there, ask for Besotted behind the bar and they'll give you a free pint of pride on Besotted. That's our Christmas present to you just to celebrate what a wicked season we've had so far and also some Christmas cheer. Check out besotted.co.uk, got more information on that. Hopefully, we'd have also had three points in the bag. But listen, this has been the Besotted Pride of West London podcast and uh, have everybody, have yourselves an absolutely fantastic and very, very Merry Christmas with your families and we'll see you all on Boxing Day for uh, hopefully another three points in the bag. Happy Christmas, bees. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas, bees. And come on, you bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.